Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 3 now of The Kickback. You're with me Alistair. Um, as, as always, if you do enjoy what we're putting out, leave a like, give us a comment and hopefully a subscribe as well. And now without any further ado in the guest seat today, we have the one, the only, Net. Dalji, how are you doing today my man? I'm doing well. Thanks for inviting me onto the show. No, no. How are you doing, Ali? Thanks for coming on. I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. So, like, for people who are obviously watching, um, for those who don't know, Bustanet is based in Singapore. There's a massive time difference. He's getting up in the morning. As soon as we're recording here, I'm going straight to bed. Um, so, we'll we'll get right into it. So, obviously, um, Daljeet Bustanet, again, thank you very much for coming on. Um, the way we sort of start the conversation generally is by asking just a general football question because obviously that's what that's what's bringing us here today in terms of the root form so what what was what was the sort of moment you became engaged with football itself was there anything that particularly springs to mind that you saw and you were like yeah this is this is the sport that i'm gonna follow and persevere with no there wasn't anything in particular because i grew up in a fam in a family where the moment we are like two or three years old, we start playing Subutio and then um, we could do kickabouts. Mm. So that's where it all started. And um, we have, um, we thought we watched football games together at home, my grandfather, me, my father, his aunt, my uncles and all. And then in school, I played football as well. So I've grown up around football my entire life. Okay, yeah. so sort of in the family. So obviously, was, was there a team in particular that, you know, your family was supporting and made you support? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. If we don't support Liverpool, we'd be disowned. Oh, like, you know. see, I, I'm the yeah. same, but with Manchester United. <laughs> I was, I was, I was Manchester United, or you're not living in my house. Um, for uh, me though, it's a bit different because I, I took the interest of football obviously a bit later. But I remember like because um, my dad came to England when he was six years old, and mm -hmm. um, in the seventies, it was it was it was a scary place for somebody who didn't speak English and football was the way he sort of went to fit in so he mm -hmm. saw that there was a lot of lads in his class who were all Manchester United fans so he became a Manchester United fan in order to not be as um, estranged because he didn't know the language and stuff so that's how it started for him so it's always interesting to hear that um, that, that sort of you know reasons for the support and that sort of thing but um, like you say obviously you were playing when you were younger was there any position that you particularly played in that you excelled um, in? I I started out as a right back and then became a winger. And then as I got older, I became a striker. And then once I became too old to run, they just asked me to stay in the box and not move. Ah, oh, so you're literally like <laughs> Jermaine Defoe poaching. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, the last couple of years when I was playing, I used to play with ESPN. Um, and um, in Singapore, we have, have these business games. And uh, I was, I think I started out as a winger. And then towards the latter half, when people realized, okay, all right, okay, you're not going to run back and help us defend, are you? And I'm, nope, <laughs> not today. <laughs> so nah. I would just stay around the box. Yeah. So what what level did you get to in terms of playing football? I don't know, just it's just casual, friendly business leagues and stuff like that. Yeah, no, there is. Um, I mean, I got sent off by referees in competitive matches because I, you know. You never shout obscenities when the referee is a priest. Okay. Yeah. yeah so so we had we had these uh, inter uh, business leagues, right? So we'd play against companies, inter companies. That's about it, you know. And when I went to university, uh, when I was in university, I didn't play football. I played uh, rugby. Okay. I was a rugby player. Yeah. Rugby or football? What's which one are we going for? 
Uh, well, rugby, because I can take out my frustrations on people. Otherwise, I get sent off in football, right? So. Uh, no, I just absolutely just body slam it sort of the pitch. So I've, yeah. I've always, the thing is, obviously, um, obviously do my research about you learning that obviously you're in Singapore. I've always been curious as to, well, well, since, you know, finding that out, what is the football scene like in Singapore? Because they're not prominent in world football. I've never seen Singapore play. Um, you know, they've never been in a World Cup as far as I'm aware. Um, what what's the scene like there? Is it is it a busting scene that just doesn't have um as much maybe investment at a lower level in order to produce talent or is it is it just uh, were you lucky to to be part of a family that had an influence on it? I think in the 70s and the 80s the football scene was a lot more active in Singapore, right? I mean, Back then, we had footballers who ended up playing for teams like um, FC Groningen. Uh, we had, uh, in Malaysia, we had a strike legendary striker called Mokhtar Dahari, who is currently uh, third on the list of all-time international goal scorers, right, in the world. Mm. So, and uh, we had Fandi Ahmad, who uh, played alongside, um, what's his name, Marco and, Best Marco and Beston. I think he played alongside or played against him. And we had that great period of time where football was really something that you could sink your teeth into. Yeah. But in the last couple of years, um, I mean, Singapore is more about getting an education, uh, getting a job, and um, the league itself, well, it's basically gone south. I mean, that's the best way I can put it, right? This, uh, there's little investment. And we've only recently had a privately owned uh, football club in Singapore called Lion City Sailors. Um, they are trying to be like Johor Darul Takzim in Johor, who happened to be one of the best teams in Malaysia and probably Southeast Asia. So there's a long way to go yet. I mean, Singapore clubs don't even own their own football stadiums. So you can imagine the financial constraints they're under. So yeah, it's... Yeah, basically, yeah, there is little to no chance of Singapore making it on the map of even regional football dominance in Asia at any time within my lifetime. Mm, yeah, I understand that. I get that to a degree as well, being from that sort of, because my dad's from Pakistan, obviously. Being from mm -hmm. that background, it's a very similar scenario there with, with everything. And, you know, you have the odd one or two people who are good enough to break the boundary when it comes to things like cricket. Um, mm -hmm. But you don't, you don't, you just don't get it with football, the, the, the football quality. I think the biggest Pakistani player that comes to mind is Otis Khan. And I don't think he was born in Pakistan. I think he was born in England, but has that um, through his parents. So now that that's quite interesting. So obviously you had that um, big football background growing up. What what was what was the sort of catalyst that introduced you to football manager or, you know, championship manager, whichever level it did? Uh, well, I was back then, I think I was in ESPN when the first version of football manager came out. Mm. And one of my friends, he lived in Malaysia. I lived in Singapore and he told me about this game, right? So uh, then I, I decided um, to go down to KL to visit him, which is basically, a, back then, it was a six-hour bus ride. Oh, yeah. So I went, so I jumped on a bus, went to his place, and I didn't come back for a week okay. because I was in, in his house playing football manager. Back then, it was called championship manager, right? Yeah. So I stayed in his house for six days, smashed his monitor once because I lost the game. <laughs> and uh, bought him a, <laughs> had to buy him the monitor again. Uh, I did not leave the room over the weekend. So his family got pretty concerned by this uh, madman who had just shown up at the front door and parked himself inside the bedroom and would refuse to come out. 
So yeah, that was my introduction to football manager, or rather championship manager. Love at first sight, then. The f- mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a great moment, though. I I love the game. Yeah. Yeah. So then, obviously, what about you? I I'm new. I'm new. I I was um I was FM seventeen was my first football manager. I was at university at the time. Um, You're a baby. I'm 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 23. I'm 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 still young. <laughs> oh my word! You exactly. are a baby. <laughs> I got man. I think I think at the time I must have been 18, maybe 19. Um, and I was talking to one of my friends, Thermal, for everyone who knows, he's part of the Wasted Possession crew. And he was asked me if I'd ever played it. And I think it was towards the end of the game cycle. So it was like £15 on Steam. So I just downloaded it. I remember distinctly, I started at Stoke City. I'm from Stoke-on-Trent in, in the UK. Um, and in my first game, I beat Liverpool 6-1. So I was like, this game's easy. And then I went on an 11-game losing streak and got fired straight away. <laughs> so then, obviously, I was like, I don't understand how this works. And then, obviously, through the perseverance of it, I managed to manage to get myself um, through it. And then, obviously, entered the streaming world during COVID, like a lot of people that um, are currently in the community did. But obviously, you've been in the community for quite a while in terms of when you look at the other content creators um that are doing you know football manager content you know i think you were probably one of the earliest forms of that if i'm not mistaken what 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 was it that pushed you to create the content especially at a time when the content wasn't really prevalent you know sort of what 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 around about what year did you create start creating the fm content well uh, I became a member on the SI forums mm. in 1980-something, right? So okay. that's how long I've been on the forums. <laughs> um, um, I've had two identities on the forums. So I lost my first identity in the 80s, and I then there was a new identity they created for me, which is one of the reasons why my name is, or had originally had Rashidi 1. The first guy was me, Rashidi. Um, and um, that was back in the 90s. I can't even remember the year now. Um, but it was with the very first edition of the game. Um, back then, I don't think we had a very active forums. So that's where I actually started the forums. Mm. I started doing written content. Help. I mean, initially when I joined the forums, it was more like, why the hell can I play this game? <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, help me out here. So, um, and... Um, was what didn't take me long um after that the game became quite straightforward and i started writing guides and si asked me whether i would like to help out with the training and tactics forums as a moderator and back in those days we would be able to have conversations with paul collier one of the creators of the game mm-hmm. and those days there was like a lot of two-way dialogues between us and paul mark uh, that's his brother and uh we ended up I ended up in, I think it was CM0304. Um, they created this game and within a few weeks, we destroyed the game. I mean, we literally destroyed the game in a sense that um, you just had to download my tactic and you just go away, come back, you win the title. You Re- didn't even have to play. Regardless of the team if you were. You, yeah, my Wolverhampton team beat Real Madrid 8-0 and became a newspaper headline story as well. Okay. So, uh, then I sent in the, the details on how to break the game to uh, Paul, right? Mm-hmm. So I gave him all the information. Said this is how we break the game, um, and this is the exploits, and this is exactly what you do, and it repeats itself, right? So it doesn't matter who you pick. All you got to do is set it up like that, and you win, and you will win every single game. 
So back then, there were these two tactics that were very dominant, Scramjet and Diablo. And after that, um, we ended up, um, I ended up being pulled in by SI in some capacity. Um, and I started helping out with the development of the game indirectly um, and directly. And then, um, yeah, that, that's, that's how my involvement with the game grew. And I started doing content because more and more people started, like, they couldn't understand certain things. So I started writing and that's how I started with a lot of written content back in the day. Now I'm older. I don't have so much time to write. I do write my own book every year, but um, now I do videos more. It's easier. Um, and most people seem to want to have that information in six minutes or less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I do videos now. Yeah. And nice stream now as well. So I've got written content on the forums. I do videos uh, on two channels now. Um, I've got two channels on YouTube and we, where I do this stuff now. So that's basically how I got started in content. It was more a case of helping people out because I still remember the first video we ever did. It was the ball winning midfielder video because everybody seemed to get it wrong. And so I had to create this video because I was giving the same explanation every time. So I created a video without me talking and it's still on YouTube. Um, and that's the very first video I made for the game. Yeah. On the ball in midfielder. I mean, I, I don't think I've made a tactic without a ball winning midfielder, to be honest. It's probably my <laughs> my most uh, treasured um, role on the pitch. So obviously, producing content and information through the medium of a book and a video are two different things. How did you find that transferring of the skill set from, obviously, rather than writing a full book, you obviously have that script and then you have everything along with the video in terms of video editing um recording it how did you find that initial sort of transition from one to the other i mean initially it wasn't that difficult because i have i come from a background where i was doing media for a while but um it's frustrating that's what it is because i don't really have the resources to edit my own videos because it's rather expensive and it's not like i'm making a lot of money from this it's uh enough to pay the bills and, you know, put keep the roof over our heads. But when it comes to creating the content, I found that um, it wasn't that difficult. But I find that written content is easier for me to do. It's faster because it just comes off, you know, it, and it's easier because you, you see the words, right? Mm -hmm. But my video content, that's, that's a hell of a lot of off-the-cuff video work that I do <laughs> where, where, where the script goes out of the window. And that's why I started um, specializing in two channels now. So one channel has got shorter form content where I actually sit down and tell myself, dude, <laughs> take this seriously, write a script. And and the, the video, um, the shorter guides are actually easier for people to follow now. Mm. Yeah, instead of taking uh, 30 minutes to explain how to pass into space, which is a bit stupid. <laughs> no, I get, I get that, I get that, and I agree with you on the off the cuff. I find I, I much prefer to do sort of off the cuff. I'm not good at planning, whether it's anything, whether it's a joke. I'm always off the cuff and not, you know, doing an actual like thought out process. So I can full, I can fully appreciate uh, that sort of thing. So obviously, you know, you're you're quite prominent on YouTube in the FM community now. When did when did you start? You know, when did you pick YouTube as the medium? When did you start putting out that content and sort of producing? that sort that that form of of information uh 2016 was my first video on youtube um 
But between 2000 and, uh, 2014, sorry, I think it was 2014, which was my first video. Mm. And then before that, I was just writing all the way. In fact, I had decided to quit Football Manager in 2014. Yeah, I don't, I, I didn't buy 15 and I didn't buy 16, right? So these are two Football Manager games that I refused to buy because I quit the game. I sent uh, Paul a thank you letter for all the good times and said, dude, we shall part ways because I am now going into my cave. So I sent him this email and said, I'm off. And then um, a couple of my friends started uh, chasing me down and they were like, we need, uh, we need help with the game. And I'm like, dude, I have retired. I don't want to do any more content. I just want to retire peacefully. <laughs> and I ended up uh, being pulled in in 2016 by my friends who said, will you help us play the game? And I'm like, dude, seriously, I, I, I want to just hang out, you know, with my kids. And they convinced me to start something on Patreon because I, I was uh, planning retirement literally in real life. And I just wanted to spend time with my family. And they said, oh, well, you know, um, why don't you start a Patreon channel and we'll start supporting you? And I said, look, I don't want that. Right? I, I don't like the idea of people having to pay for stuff. Then I said, look, I'll just help you out. And then I'll be off. And then it became, from one person, it became a multitude of people who said um, they valued my content. And that's how it just it just went from there. It's like, I had decided to stop in 2014. If you look at my YouTube numbers, right, they were very low. And think between 2014 to about 2016, I had only 1,000 subscribers. That was how low it was. So that's when I decided I'm I'm done. You know, there's no way this is helping me out. Mm. And then I decided to kickstart uh, with Patreon and making YouTube content full time. And it went from 1,000 subscribers to 20, uh, almost 20,000 after that. Just exploded. And since then, uh, I've been doing this full time. Um, yeah, helping people out with the game as much as I can with content. And I've got a loyal bunch of uh, supporters who want me to keep going and they appreciate the content and I appreciate them for appreciating me. Yeah, so it is always good um, when when you have that sort of appreciation. I remember like from a personal point of view, I, I, I didn't stream for particularly long um, and that was, I, I think, you know, from off my own back, I think the most I ever had was 11 or 12 people in my streams. But I was talking to one of the guys the other day who also happened to stream and he was talking about, oh, I used to wake up every morning because he was in the US. I'd start streaming mm -hmm. at 2 p.m. in the UK and he said, I used to wake up every morning. The first thing I'd do is I'd put your stream on like religiously because I, I used to stream four days on, four days off. Um, mm -hmm. with that was what my work commitments were like then. And yeah, like when you when you realize that impact you have, it's hard to stay away. Um, yeah, and you know, because it's it, it's it's weird to think that what you're doing is actually impacting someone else, and I can only imagine the sort of level of impact that would have been having on on you when you have you know a, a, a much higher sort of follower count. But what what was it that, that what was it that made you want to step away from FM? Was it just you were bored of the game, or were you just thinking, uh, I'm 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 sort of done with working now. I just want to take my time, enjoy myself a bit more. <coughs> Okay. The, um, well, to be very, very honest with you, I wasn't happy with the direction of the game mm. at one point, right? So I wasn't 
excited about where we were going. There were bugs in the game that were not being addressed. They were still in the game. And I felt that I just want to step away. So that was the idea here. And then um, I started receiving um, messages from people. Right. Uh, there was this very heartfelt message that somebody gave me uh, explaining how um, he was paraplegic and uh, how my videos helped him through a difficult time in his life. And then another guy who was suffering from depression who said the same thing. I started getting a lot of uh, messages from people when I started Patreon and um, I cried because uh, I, I was touched by what how people felt about my content. At that point, when I had decided I wanted to stop, um, I didn't think the outreach was that influential. I mean, you, when you have a thousand subscribers, you're thinking to yourself, yeah, right, you know, there's no one out there who loves me very much. And then, and then you receive these messages from people and you start, and I went to talk to my wife and um, I, I posed this scenario to her. I said, um, honey, you're not going to like this very much. Then she goes like, what? We are going to live off my savings for the next few years. I'm going to try something out. And if it helps, if I can just pay the bills, we'll keep on going. The moment I can't meet uh, this uh, amount of cash to pay the bills or we have to start digging into our savings too much, uh, the children's uh, education starts to suffer, then I'll stop. So that was 2016. Today is 2021 and we're still going. Amen. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> I love her so much, man. I mean, where can you find a wife that tells you stay home and play football manager? Nah, but to be fair, I've I've never heard of that. I think I think you are the luckiest man alive. I am. I certainly <laughs> am. I mean, like, my wife, do you know who bought my first webcam for me? My wife. She goes like, you can't possibly be on YouTube without a webcam. I'm like looking, what do you know about YouTube? I mean, she doesn't even, I mean, the next thing I know, there's a webcam for my birthday. And I'm like, that's my first webcam. It's from my wife. Would you, yeah. would you attribute a lot of your success to her having that support for you and being sort of that influential figure in your sort of content career? 100%. I wouldn't, I, I always stop my streams when I know she's coming home. So there's always this uh, priority and I appreciate my, the, the guys who support the channel as well, the guys who view the channel because they know how much I put my family above everything else. And whenever it's time for me to stop and I tell them, look guys, I, I'm going to have to go because the kids are at the door they all understand. I mean, I think most of the people who support me all, they have their families too. And it's very nice to be able to experience or even share stories about what we all go through, especially now in this world where we have COVID and we've got lockdown and there are people that are struggling as well with the challenges that they face with COVID. And so, yeah. Yeah, now that sounds that that sounds that's very that's very good. It's very good that you have that sort of support structure sort of in there because I know you know when 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 you first propose that sort of idea to someone saying, "I'm gonna start gaming full time," a lot of people are going to ask if you're mad <laughs> and probably try and talk you out of it. So it's 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 refreshing to see that you know you you still had that support. All my friends, right? Who are because. It's not like I'm 20-something right now, okay? I'm like in my 50s. All my friends who are also in their 50s turned to me and thought I'd gone mad. 
So they go like, you have kids who are still in school, are going to school. They're not in, still in school. They're about to go to school, right? You got to think about them for the next 20 years. Are you insane? And I'm going like, look, I've got to go where my heart takes me. And uh, this is where my heart takes me. And I'm going to have to take a chance. If I don't have faith in myself, then who do I have faith in? 100%. Yeah, no, I do. I do respect that mentality a lot. And I know that it's resonated with me in parts of my life. And I'm sure there's a lot of other people that that would sort of resonate in as well so that, that that's a that, that that's a really refreshing to hear as well and so from that obviously content creation standpoint you then obviously are streaming now if i'm not mistaken you stream on youtube don't you rather than twitch i okay yes i used i started out streaming on twitch mm. right um and um then um i started i felt like i needed to move to youtube because on Twitch, your content kind of goes away, even if you're a partner after a certain amount of time. So it's it's gone. It's gone into the Twitch servers for the rest of their lives and nobody gets a chance to see them. But on YouTube, at least, I've got people that are still watching my Kingstonian diaries from 2017. Mm. Right? So, um, and so I decided, well, you know, my fans, they love the older shows. They love the, they love the playthroughs. So I decided to stream on YouTube. So I do stream on YouTube three times a week. And I also stream on Twitch now because of the playoffs. So I joined the playoffs and I went, okay, fine. We'll do a playoff draft on Twitch and uh, and we'll stream like maybe once a week on Twitch. Yeah, I, I still miss, I like Twitch. Twitch is, um, Twitch is different from YouTube. Yeah, no, I get it. I think um, obviously not being part of that um, sort of YouTube live um experience i i I can i can see where you're coming from in terms of the content being immortal in that scenario and i guess it's it would be difficult to you know record the twitch streams and upload them onto youtube as well so it makes sense to have them more than that medium well that is a good a good topic that you're bringing up there in terms of the fm playoffs um obviously you're entering the world of drafting that's kind of kind of our speciality here um how did how did that come about? Was it just you got hit up one time in like the emails or the Twitter DMs um, asking if you wanted to do it and just thought, yeah, go on then? Yeah, that was exactly how it happened. I mean, um, I got hit up and somebody asked me if I wanted to take part in the FM playoffs. And I went like, yes, 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 please. I do. I do. I do. And I, run, I ran in headfirst, headlong into the abyss, of, <laughs> which is the FM playoffs. Now, how did you find that experience? Because I, I think you've been in there a couple of times now, and I've seen you obviously taking part in Saimaggio's draft. You beat Thermal last um, Sunday, I believe, which I was very thankful for. Maybe the Sunday <laughs> before. Um, but yeah, how 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 have you like you know gone about sort of taking that step? Because for for me, it's quite a different game compared to you know standard offline. Well, for me, um, the first, my first experience with FM playoffs was a revealing experience. It was exhilarating and it was crazy because uh, um, I, I think I, I, um, I lost every single game I played. I was totally, un- I mean, I thought I was prepared, but I made some fundamental mistakes when it comes to FM playoffs. Firstly, you never go into a playoff match with a thousand player playlist. I found out very, I found out very quickly in the first time I took part because I couldn't find my players. And then um, you need training to make up your mind in less than 15 seconds because I live in Singapore and the draft is hosted in the UK. So yeah. there's going to be lag, right? So I remember the first FM playoffs, I had this 
whole lineup in my head. I, I was like very confident. If I can get these players in, I'll be okay. And then the second player that shows up in my squad was Joshua Kimmich, uninvited for 60 million. No and way. that immediately threw me off because I don't like players, I mean, who are slow, right? Yeah. And Kimmich is slow, right? Especially for a fullback, he's only 12. And that's a liability in uh, draft mode. So um, I lost every single game and uh, I got invited to uh, back for part two to redeem myself. And this time, I was happier. I made it to the quarterfinals. Mm. And I injured myself in the process. But I had a lot of fun, man. I, <laughs> I, I find FM players so exhilarating, so addictive. But it's also buggy as hell. 100%. How did, how did you injure yourself? Because I haven't heard that. I, I'm sorry? What did, what did you do to injure yourself? I didn't, I didn't hear about that. Uh, I was goof, because uh, I was going, uh, it was the last match of our group. Right, in, in our group to So the top three qualify for the quarterfinals, yeah. right? Okay, so I was on six points and Goofy Giot was on seven points. The last game was me against Goofy Giot, the wasted possession draft point champion. <laughs> and everybody was going, there's no way he's going to win. And uh, well, I beat Goofy Giot and I celebrated it in style. I punched my arm so hard in the air that I kind of pulled a muscle. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was in so much pain uh, after that. I, I, in fact, I was injured for the next four days. I, I, you know, this is literally, if I wanted to, and I had to play against Cam in the quarterfinals, I literally was thinking, this is a scenario where that injection actually might help. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'll the injections. No, it's good. I've, I've never beat Goofy Jord. And there's a lot of people who haven't been goofy, goofy George, so that is quite a quite a decent feat. But you know, hopefully, hopefully we see you in the next season, and hopefully you win it because um, obviously we've got the partnership now with the playoffs. The winner of the um, wasted possession draft will take part in the next season of theirs, and vice versa. So good to have you on, Osman. Yeah. You know, get that win, get involved. <laughs> I mean, I, I I love the idea of getting involved because the community. The idea of a community playing a game together, having fun, getting to know each other, sharing stories, helping each other out. Now, that I can sink my teeth into. Yeah. So winning it is the furthest thing from my mind. I mean, I want to I want to be there. So yeah, yeah. I want to make sure that I, I, I represent myself honorably and do well, not go out on zero points again. Um, yeah, but it's the whole community. I, I've enjoyed it. So if I'm welcome back the next time, yeah. I'm definitely going to have fun. And uh, hopefully, I don't overthink the process. It's just, yeah, but draft mode has its own issues, you know what I mean? I mean, it's not the same like playing the regular FM game. Draft mode is full of bugs. Um, yeah, it's it's loaded. I mean, I can understand why we enjoy it so much. It's addictive. But SI certainly have to improve certain aspects of draft mode to make it more accessible to the general public. Yeah, I mean, I think the servers are literally potatoes in that regard. Um, I think if you have more than eight people on a server, it just doesn't work properly, which is what we've mm -hmm. learned, which is why we try and keep it to eight or less in basic possession. Um, Even eight is a problem. I've yeah. I've had eight before, and eight does still give you divergence. You need, you I need, found that, the, yeah. You need to be... The perfect it, number is seven. 100%, 100%. Eight, yeah. is, eight is like you're risking it. <laughs> but yeah, like, you're risking There's it. little things yeah. like if you're, if you say me and you are playing against each other and my ping is high and your ping is low, we'll both see a different game. 
playing, but because you've got the lower ping, your game will be what the actual outcome is. And we've seen mm-hmm. that happen in our draft so many times. Somebody's thinking that they've won 2 0, 2 1. Turns out they've lost 3 0. Little things like that happen constantly. And, you know, I would have thought with, you know, the FM streamer showdown being as prominent as it was sort of in the last edition of FM, maybe they'd focus on more attention on the online stuff, but no, it just it's doesn't not, get it, the care. The, the cycle doesn't work like that. I mean, if, okay, this is how the development cycle of the games uh, happens, right? So hmm. um, the game gets released, uh, they go into beta. That's when you want to be seeing all the things being fixed. Now we're in that phase of the game where nothing will be fixed. I mean, yeah, unless I no, unless there's something so game breaking to the main game, right? But this is draft mode, right? So it's not the main game. I mean, look, let's just talk about the features of the main game versus draft mode. You don't have opposition instructions in draft mode. Mm. That is got to be the biggest bugbear I have, because if you are talking about uh, a product that is football manager, how why is it so fundamentally different between the two versions, mm. right? I mean. That's the reason why I pause. I mean, every, uh, I think Sai spotted it as well. I make changes like five minutes into the game, always, because I don't see the opposition instructions, right? So I don't know what formation the other person is using until the first key highlight. You know how dangerous that is? So, yeah, you could be 1-0 down yeah. before you know what's happening. Exactly. So, so we don't have opposition instructions to tell us what his formation is. And then I have to stare at the screen so hard and my eyes start popping out because I'm going like, okay, what position, what formation is this joker playing and then i have the moment i think i get it right i have to change formations because it might not be suitable because the last this is the issue with the game the last formation that is shown on your screen when you go and check another uh, player's match right you will see a formation that he played against another party right Mm -hmm. you see that formation in the last game that he played that formation is the last formation he used in the last five minutes of the game it is not the formation he started with. It's the formation he ended with. Mm, so okay. if I started with a 4-2-3-1 and ended with a 3-5-2, you see the 3-5-2. Mm. So it's irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. I want to know how you normally play the game, not how you you know decide to park the bus. Yeah, kind of 100%. Thing. Yeah, so these are small little things that are annoying with the game and it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a long time. And I think that, I mean, with me, I'm hoping that with me playing as well, um, I, I I do get involved. I, I'm still very much involved with SI uh, in some respect. And yeah, I know that there are people who complain about or, or put in uh, draft bugs and they put in bugs, bug reports on draft mode. But this time I'm going to be like probably entirely focusing on draft mode. And I'm hoping that things like opposition instructions that these get addressed in the next version of the game. I mean, you can't have miles going publicly Opposition instructions are very important in the game. You have to be using opposition instructions. There you have fantasy draft mode, which doesn't even have them. Yeah, there's a bit of a contradiction. And you know what? I didn't I didn't even notice that um, you know, the the formation that it's showing you is what they finished the game with. So that that's an interesting thing that I didn't I didn't actually pick up on. So, you know, I think you're good to have in the corner, man. You'll be able to rally, speak for those speak for the voiceless in that regard. But, yeah. I think everybody is a strong voice. It's just uh, the more voices shouting, the better, I guess. The more you can hear. Yeah, 100%, yeah, 100%. I'm hoping there are adjustments. I think, you know, especially now, when you look at the streamer showdown, particularly, you've got people like KFC getting involved in sponsoring. And, you know, having that, you know, being on the front page of Twitch with 6,000 
um, people viewing, I feel like they have to improve that product now, or it's just at a point where it's a bit embarrassing on, on their part, because that's the bit that's getting a lot of people involved from that content sort of mm, um, standpoint. I, I disagree. I don't think SI will look at it that way. Uh, for one simple reason and one simple reason alone, 6,000 viewers represents maybe 0.001% of the entire um, base that plays the game. Mm. So SI normally have numbers that they look at to see whether something needs to be addressed. You see, um, like, for example, only what, I think there's only 1% of people who use opposition instructions or, oh, no, I think it's like one or two percent of people who actually have customized set piece routines in the game. Yeah. See, this is the level of information that SI have. Like, so they also know how many, what's the percentage of people that actually play draft mode. Mm. So regardless of whether we're on Twitch, it's not gonna happen, man. Yeah, I don't think uh, just because we are playing the game on Twitch and oh, we've I've got like maybe six thousand people watching my game, SI is gonna fix the thing. <laughs> Not it's not happening unless you get SI themselves playing the game. That's mm. a different story. So if you want it fixed, get SI playing it themselves <laughs> in some form of the wasted possession draft. Save Miles Jacobs is free on a Friday night. <laughs> nah, he won't be him. You'll never get Miles. You probably get you'd have, you'd have to pitch it to um the development team or the match engine team. Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe we'll look mm. into it. Maybe you could get a collab with actual, you know football manager that would be quite interesting but another another thing that i wanted to draw on upon the draft sort of um world i think uh, particularly with you know us the fm playoffs and the fm super league starting this sort of collaboration it didn't seem that long ago that i was watching the likes of i don't know dr benji um, mm -hmm. being one particular that was talking about there just isn't enough collaboration in the space no one is working with each other everyone seems to be quite independent um when it comes to you know making content for the majority of the sort of bigger creators in the space and you know you fast forward it to today and not only are people collaborating in these drafts we've got the people who are collaborating collaborating with each other and creating mm -hmm. this sort of streamlined universe in that regard. And someone who's been in this space for, you know, the, the, the amount of time that you have, what sort of implications do you think that means from the game? And, you know, what do you think about sort of the general collaboration of people within the space as, as a whole? I think it's, it's stepped up. That's what I think. I think the collaborations improved. I like, I, Love what um, Benji did with the FM streamer showdown mm -hmm. and getting the community together. Um, Zealand and the rest of the boys, they put the they went out there, they start kick started uh, the FM streamer showdown, and you can see the knock on effect it's had on other events. And let's not forget, there were always a draft ball competitions, even streaming before the streamer showdown. Mm -hmm. We have to remember that, right? So, um, it was the FM streamer showdown that actually pulled in the numbers in the sense that because these guys have got their own large viewer bases, yeah. so they got together and he, that whole uh, competition just pushed itself onto the front pages and people start talking about it. And that's what is done for the community in general. It's just um, made people realize that you have now got content creators that are actively collaborating and that's a very, very positive thing for the whole community. And I'm excited to be in the community at this time. Yeah. Mm. 
Can we? Have you? Have you ever had the opportunity to work with any of these guys? Obviously. Yeah, I have. Have you ever... with Fox in the Box? Yeah, mm-hmm. I I sounded him out once uh, to work on videos with me, and I've done it with other people as well. Um, I'm always looking for opportunities to collaborate, but I think it's easier for the guys in the UK to collaborate with each other. Yeah. And then it is for a guy from Singapore to collaborate with the guys in the UK. Because as you can probably tell, it's what, 3 a.m. for you right now, right? Oh, for 10, 10 to 4 right now. It's, 10 to it's 4? It's getting late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see what I mean? This, this, is, this is the situation that we run into all the time. Um, it's collaboration is just, there's so much teamwork involved. There's so much planning involved. And yeah. there's all these resources that come together. Um and it's always going to be a challenge. And I'm always open to collaborations. I've said this to many people many, many times. If you want to collaborate on something, yeah, sound me out. And I'm definitely in the, if I can do it, I definitely will do it. If I, you know, I was about to start a collaboration with a couple of guys just before I, my mom passed away, right? So my mom passed away about two months ago and I was planning a major collaboration with two content creators and SI. So there was this whole project that I had lined up and then my mom passed away and I lost my mood for it suddenly because this collaboration would have taken quite a lot of hours from me and I still haven't revisited that yet. I might do it when FM22 comes around the corner. Nah, I'm sorry to hear that. And I think I think maybe that brings us on to another sort of topic that we've covered quite a lot. Um, I say quite a lot. This is the third episode. In the previous two episodes, we were quite a prominent parts of that sort of um of, of you know content creation generally and it's the sort of mental aspect that comes with it and i've seen particularly from i i I started streaming maybe 10 months ago was when i first started mm-hmm. and there's a lot of guys who were new or coming around in that scene who then have just sort of stopped because of the mental health implications and you know the talking to second yellow card about it in the first podcast you know the the sort of struggles that he had he took obviously quite a long break because of it and between i think 2014 and 2016 maybe or might be 2016 and 2018 i could be getting it mixed around and obviously limo being a mental health nurse obviously you know it, it came up in there i was just curious about how someone like you deals with that when it is your sort of day-to-day you know source of income um and you have a following for which in the community is quite big how what when those sort of mental you know dilemmas i guess arrive how how do you see best to deal with them because particularly when you're streaming because if you're you know not in the best mood you still have to put on a show you know make Mm -hmm. entertaining content for an audience and it's not like a video where you can take breaks and you can edit it and you can sort of mask you know any issues that are ongoing how what how do you work around that and what what sort of um measures do you take in order to persevere and keep going no this this is a very good question because uh i think i think mental health mental health of um people generally for anyone it's it's a serious topic and i have gone through my own periods of time where the headspace wasn't in the correct spot and um it's tough i mean if you're a content creator, you're starting out negative comments on your on the comments channel can also set you off. They can, you know, they can cause depression. You put in all those hours doing a video and somebody just uh, gives you some kind of snide remark that hurts your feelings. Yeah. Um, 
or you could have uh, you could have put in all that effort into uh, a stream right? you, you prepare for a stream and uh, people don't seem to understand the hours that go into that and then you prepare for the stream you start the stream and there's no one there for example and you you, you hope and you, you you delay and you wait for more people to come before you you decide okay i'm gonna do my big you know what i prepared for maybe i was gonna talk about this player and i've got all these slides and you know videos all done for him and you've got 15 people showing up and you go like okay i was hoping for more because i prepped this and you know i tweeted it and there's no one here and that affects you as well um so and then you have um, days when you're looking at the numbers and you you want to see yourself grow and it doesn't happen you know you, you try everything in your power you 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 can't and it doesn't grow and you get stories about how you should be you know you should you should outsource some of the work to other people and when you want to outsource it to other people people come in and they go okay you know I, I will do it for you I'll charge you. Uh, X amount of dollars to cut your video and you go like, dude, that's like taking up all the money that I have. What do you, and then you go like, okay, maybe I should invest some money into my show and then the financial problems start happening. So yeah, I had to deal with all of that. Right. And then on top of that, you get your own personal life as well. Right. Yeah. So you've got your streaming stuff that you, you wrestle with every day and then you've got your personal issues that come. Like, like in my case, my mom passed away and I couldn't stream for like, I was in quarantine for two weeks either side because I had to travel back. To, uh, I, had to, I was in Malaysia, I had to travel back to Singapore. So I spent a total of four weeks in quarantine and no content came out. So you can imagine yourself sitting in a hotel room feeling depressed and it gets, goes from bad to worse. So how do you, how to handle such a thing is, it's not easy, right? I am blessed because A, I have good friends, right, in the community as well. I've got some very, very dear friends in the community. And uh, my Discord is a very protected place because of that, which is one of the reasons why people say I don't, why don't, why I don't open Discord up. I go like, no, Discord has been like this since 2016. It wasn't even my idea. It was the idea of the people who support the channel. They wanted it to be a closed environment. And we've got our own support groups. We've got, we've got, I've, this is the thing that's carried me through. Is the community that has rallied around me and kept me going. Even when I wasn't in my right headspace, it is the, the, the people that are there. So you've got to be aware of the, there, there, there might be 10 voices out there that are negative and there will be one quiet voice or one soft voice that is very positive. So you got to learn how to tune out everything else and just pay attention to those positive things that are happening in your life. Because when you are going through a tough time, it's very easy to look at all the negative things and then let them combine into something that's so big, it seems insurmountable. So what I've learned is um, when, the sh when shit hits the fan, <laughs> stop looking at the fan, <laughs> all right? <laughs> Start looking at the switch. Just turn off the fan, okay? Because all you got to do is find something positive in your life and just cling on to it. And that's what I've done. I've got my family, I've got my wife and my kids, I've got my friends and I've got people in the community. I've got like my moderators as well who are always, they always have my back, right? Um, so you're always going to find a negative person out there. You're always going to find, you can't run away from the shit in the shit storm that is the life, your life, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. You're always going to find something bad in this world. And it's up to you whether you want to stand there and, you know, feel the pain. So, yeah, just uh, just learn how to find something. It's diff- I know it's easy to say, but difficult to do. Yeah. Right. It is easy to say all this shit, right? And we have, but I've been through this before. It's got to do with... Uh, um. First, you got to find somebody in your life that is positive. A person that believes in you. And that person is going to be your best friend through that kind of a shitstorm. So the first thing I'm going to advise people to do, if you want to go into this life of a streamer, right? Go out there. Make sure you keep in touch with those people who are the reason why you're still streaming. That's it. Thank you very much for sharing. Obviously, obviously, it's it's something that clearly you've you, that's you know been prevalent at least a few times by the by the sounds of it during your journey. And I think it's very applicable to just not just streamers, but anything that um obviously comes up in 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 a lifetime that you know maybe isn't what you sort of planned or not how you envisaged it. But yeah, I really really appreciate you um sort of uh you know sharing that with me um i think i think we'll move it on to um you know yourself you know you've you've been in the community for a for a for a a long time now you've been putting out your content and really given um a great deal of sort of knowledge and information in there and obviously you're doing the streams now what where do you envisage the sort of bustinet channel going um into sort of the near future is there anything that you've got really you know planned in the pipeline is there any sort of ways that you think you'd want to transition and move into in that football sort of manager sphere what what is next for you i i was well i have plans but i have to wait for covid to be over so i'm gonna have to i've got long-term really long-term plans right so i was gonna do mini documentary centered around football that's my plan for the youtube channel Mm -hmm. and um I have plans on uh, doing stories related to football because um, back in the day, I have done stories on football before. Back when, you know, I have a full-time editor and a full-time sound man and a full-time cameraman. Um, I, I once ended up in Sri Lanka um, to do a story in Warton, Sri Lanka, uh, where we had two factions fighting. And then in, the, in between the two factions fighting, there was this open field, right? Um, not literally, I mean, like, you know, distances covering the two factions, right? And we had these children in the field playing football, barefooted. So I actually took a flag jacket and I went out there to do a story on these children playing football while a war was going on and about the hopes and, you know, the dreams of these kids. Um, And I want to do stories like that again. Mm. So that's my plan. And I, and I, right now I live with my wife in Sarawak, which is in Malaysia which is the land of headhunters and cannibals. So they've got loads of little stories about headhunters and cannibals and football. So I want to do stories centered around that. So that's where I'm going to be taking the channel. And then there's other content that I plan to do. Um, I also want to start um, helping people out with their content as well. And I'm now doing that slowly with other content creators. And helping them um, with uh, the content that they do that they do on guides and stuff because um, and training other people, helping people out uh, as, far, as far as understanding the match engine is concerned so that their understanding of the match engine improves. And then when they do the videos that they are doing, their videos also have a 
uh, the quality and putting them in touch with the right people so that you know they can have their questions answered. So that that's the plan going forward in the long run. Yeah, that's expanding enough. the channel with more content creators. Yeah, no, that sounds interesting, particularly um, on that. Um, you know sort of when you're talking about you know football and cannibals and that sort of thing that wasn't what mm -hmm. i was expecting the answer to be i'm not gonna lie <laughs> you know kind of outlandish sort of very niche content in that regard but i think you know it's definitely something interesting and something that i haven't seen anyone else or do before to be honest so nah it sounds it sounds yeah. quite exciting for the future of that but um, because this i mean it's everything can't be about football manager i mean to be honest with you i mean let's look at the game let's talk about the game first is it appealing aesthetically on a screen those dots running on the screen or would you rather watch fifa dots running on the screen let's let's be realistic it's not the game isn't aesthetically exciting i mean if i was a guy watching it for the first time would i be excited by these dots running on the screen you could you gotta find i mean that's why zedan's channel is so uh so explosive on youtube do you see them he gets an editor he brings him in they snares up the content. They make it appealing. He puts humor into the, sh the shows and it sells. So people watch that. That's why they watch it. If his content was like, you know, like mine, for example, you're like, I, yeah, nobody's going to watch it. So you've got to snares it up a lot. Yeah, and I guess you need that creative vision in order to snazz it. I guess so. Is that is that what you envisage yourself? Would you would you do you think you'd fully sort of break away from that football manager sphere at some point, or do you think you'd incorporate that sort of docu series or documentaries in, whilst also you know doing the live streams and having yeah. that sort of field as well? Exactly. I'm like okay. Let's just let's just put it into perspective, right? Okay. Um. Let's say you're doing a lower league save in some remote club in the UK. I, I I don't know what remote clubs you might have. Maybe Kingstonian somewhere, you know, somewhere outside of Manchester. It, there are stories in Manchester as well that can be integrated into your live stream. Mm -hmm. There are people out there who live in Manchester that could be part of your show. So why settle on something as simple as a football manager game when you can make it even bigger? And that so then you can if you can make football manager part of a bigger story then it becomes more interesting mm -hmm. how football manager ruined my life i mean that was we've got so many books about how that are bestsellers but do they feature the game in a lot of detail no they don't the whole story and the game is just a part of that story mm -hmm. so yeah there's gonna be more the, the game itself i mean if i was a producer and you came to me and told me, uh, I've got this uh, idea behind a football manager show and uh, we're going to show this guy playing the game and you think sponsors are going to come in and jump at your Nito show? Nah, 24 seven. They're not. Probably not, no. <laughs> Yeah. The first up, any person who watches this game is going to go like, hell man, the graphics are terrible. What's wrong with this game? That's the, real, that's the reality of it, the show. I mean, if you go to Razor tomorrow and you show them, you pitch them this product and you pitch yourself as a content creator, they're not going to buy it. They're going to have to buy a personality. They're going to have to buy the content. And the content has to be a lot better than what we're putting out. And that's that's coming. I mean, I'm very critical of my own work. I think my work is shite. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The quality of my work is shite. It's terrible. The only thing that I have going for me is knowledge. That's about it. Yeah. You can only package my knowledge in so many ways, man. <laughs> No, I disagree. I think I think there's a lot to you. I think you're quite an entertaining guy, and obviously the the knowledge the knowledge obviously is is, is a key factor in that. But you know, 
me entertaining. I think, you know, I just, someone just asked me to do ASMR videos because I have this voice. I don't understand where that's coming from. <laughs> nah, nah, that's, uh, I mean, you know, if, if, you can, if you can sell it, then uh, by all means. Nah, I don't think I'm going to be selling ASMR videos anytime soon. People are just going to start complaining. I'll be taken off YouTube in a hurry. Oh my God, that guy is doing ASMR videos. He doesn't have any. No. That may ASMR Twitch streamers <laughs> do get a lot of views, so maybe. Maybe in a hot tub doing some ASMR. Uh, wait till my wife wait till my wife gets a load of me. <laughs> but no, I think I think, you know, I think there are ways you can make the game exciting. Like I think, you know, the the thing that sort of propels FIFA is ultimate team. Do you not think mm -hmm. that, that that football manager could integrate something like that? Because I think it'd be I, hard. I think what it will make what will make the game more exciting is this. Okay, just let's just put it let's put this out there because I don't mind. I mean, this was an idea I was throwing in my head for a while. Okay. All right. What's the problem with the um, FM draft mode right now? Network yeah. latency, right? Okay. So that's got to do with the fact that you might be running a computer in your house connected to all the other computers, right? So all the connections coming to your computer, there's going to be some limited, there's going to be some issues anyway. Now let's just, let's just cut down to the chase. It's going to, there's going to be any issues. So why doesn't somebody take the game Buy, go to Amazon Cloud, Amazon Web Service, okay? You can definitely host your whole Steam game on the Amazon service, mm. right? Okay, and then you run the competition from there. Now, that means that the person has to buy another Steam license. It's possible to do that that way, right? So you host the game on the Steam server. You host your Amazon game on, uh, you host your Football Manager game on the, on the Amazon service, which is possible because I've got friends of mine who have are doing that right now. And then everybody connects to the server. Mm. Yeah. So then you have, then you can talk about um, the game, you know, everyone can connect and then you won't have the, oh my God, you're in Singapore, you're in London. It, it might be a better experience. We don't know until somebody tries it out. And I'm going to be trying it out with a few friends in a couple of weeks time to see whether it's fine, technically feasible. But having said that, there's still a lot, to be done about the game, right? I mean, we've got issues with the game and we can't take that step until SI thinks it's a product. Because if you look at it, FM draft mode is very entertaining. Yeah. It's addictive once you start playing it. Yeah. That's the problem, right? If you're watching it, you're not going to be addicted. I mean, who the hell sits down and goes like, oh, it's a three-hour draft. Let's get excited about these guys sticking and choosing this player, choosing that player until the person does it himself. Yeah, nah, okay. I get that. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself that um, if SI can improve the um, the game itself, because there are so many issues at the moment. So it's not an eSport. They will never be an eSport. There is no way FM Football Manager is an eSport, right? If it's an eSport, I'm the Pope that smokes dope. Okay? It's not <laughs> happening. Okay? <laughs> it is not an eSport, right? There's no way this game is an eSport. So, so what we need to do is first up we have to address the issues with the game first okay the bugs in the draft mode right we've got bugs in draft mode 100 it happens all the time we've got eight player limits on leagues that's to be addressed we've got divergences that are happening left right and center because people's latencies are different we've got no opposition instructions in the game we have a problem when we go to the tactics page while the matches you can't even pause. You, you see you always have to pause the game yeah you always have to pause the game to make changes, even though the game allows you to make changes without pausing it. But the problem is when you do the pause of the game, right, the changes don't stick. And then 
you have to do a little uh, ballerina dance just to get back to the main match again. And sometimes you have to go to the lobby just to go back to the main page. I mean, look, the, the list of bugs that this game has in Dramona Endless. But you can still make it entertaining, right? But they have to address all those things first. And then you will find more and more people playing. Because my experience with draft mode right now, I've got loads of friends right now who are now addicted to draft mode when they weren't before. Mm. So imagine, hey, you got thousands of people watching it as well. So yeah, you can definitely have a collaborative experience right now in draft mode, 100%. I think so. I think this is where the, the direction of the game is going to go yeah. for the community. And the streamer showdown has successfully shown that it can work with uh, guys like uh, Zeeland and uh, Benji. Um, they, they did a fantastic job on the FM streamer showdown. I mean, no one's going to deny that. And they have a lot to do with the success that is coming to the FM playoffs, the streamer, what, the F and playoffs, the wasted possession draft. And there's one more, I mean, I can't yeah, think of there's so many of them. Uh, Super League, yeah. and there's more as well. I just yeah, got invited to another draft mode competition and I had to say no. So there's so many. Yeah. Now they are popping in and around and I think um, it obviously is really good for the game, but obviously there, there, needs to be, there needs to be those improvements because it is fun and addicting now. I imagine if the game mode was good, <laughs> that how much better it would be in terms of yeah. you know, not having those sort of issues. It's got, it's definitely got potential. But do you not, do you not think we could see something, you know, ultimate team esque in Football Manager having that sort of massive online competition, creating mm -hmm. that buzz? Because that's why FIFA made it so big, in mm -hmm. particularly the content creation space, is because of things like Ultimate Team. Yeah, but the thing is also the other the other issue with draft mode is this, right? When for streamers themselves, it's not exactly a perfect scenario for them. Okay. The reason why FIFA can be successful is because when two players are playing each other, you don't see the hacks, you don't see the tricks because the guys can keep it off screen. Right? Because you're using a controller, right? Yeah. So you don't see tactical little adjustments that they're making. Okay, but in FM, you do. So if you suddenly, if you are watching, this guy's been winning seven or, you know, seven to 10 games and you go like, how the hell is he doing it? Then you watch his stream. You see the tactical changes he makes. You see the PIs that he's using. Mm. Right. Hey, come on. And that's going to happen anyway. So, so this is the reason why draft mode can never be an eSport. So for draft mode to ever become an eSport, then... There's more needs to be done so that you can, like, look at Sai. When he's doing his draft one, he's streaming it. Have you noticed that Sai doesn't show his tactics? He has the gifts. He has the gifts. We've had that. We've had in, you know, the, in, in, in some drafts that we've done in the past where you're looking and somebody's trying to filter information, saying, oh, I think he's playing this tactic. Looks like this play style. And then we have to step in and be like, don't do that. That just completely ruins the experience for everybody. And I think that's always going to be an issue, especially when you've got these, you know, streamers playing against each other streaming um at the same time so yeah now nah, the side 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 was on that pretty early on and then you've got uh other you know other contentious issues let's just call them contentious issues right okay for example um when you got people that might go oh no you're using uh this exploit they define exploits right mm. they go like using this exploit that exploit you're not even sure if it's an exploit but just because somebody has been scoring goals from every single near post corner routine, it becomes an exploit. Or somebody has been scoring goals from a long throw is an exploit. Um, 
And then we've got, uh, oh yeah, the other one is uh, Downloaded Tactics. Yeah. yeah. So you've been using Downloaded That was a bad one. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, you know, I think I I, I remember I was using a 424 in a one draft mode match and people were going me, why are you downloading Naps Tactics? I'm going like, dude, I haven't even seen Naps Tactics. Why? Just because I use a 424 formation is equal to a Nap Tactic? Come kiss my pink ass. Honestly, the same. I remember um, I had a, a 44 tactic, which had a target man in there. And I'd been using mm-hmm. it since FM20. Um, mm-hmm. FM21 rolls around, we start doing the drafts. Stick Piano's got a 44 tactic, where he's using inverted wingers. I used inside one inside forward and one winger. And he mm-hmm. used a false nine, where I used a target man. And I... St- do a draft with that tactic and everyone's like why you, why have you just copied stick piano's tactic for i built exactly. my tactic before he was using that tactic but because he'd used it there first i was stealing it and it was just uh, it was it was a mess <laughs> uh, because you're gonna have this situation where mm-hmm. people watch another stream and they see somebody using a tactic like i have okay i'll be very honest with you all my tactics haven't really changed since fm16 I've been using the same tactics since FM16. And like, I've got the Red Faro system, for example, it's, I've been using for, since FM16 and I still use it to this day. But, you know, I would hate it if somebody came up to me and said, oh, um, you've downloaded this tactic from somebody else because I've seen it on the stream. It really hurts because it's going to be a problem. But the thing is this, we also have streamers who don't create their own tactics. We have, we have, you know, we, you might see somebody, like I've taken part in the draft mode match once before, or I actually, I remember this. I had a YouTube like little thing, event on YouTube. And I said, um, we're going to do a simulation. want to see which of your tactics can carry your nation to the final of the World Cup. And we had all these guys creating their own tactics and submitting it. So we ran the simulation. The simulations winner wasn't, a tactic that was originally created by somebody. It was a tactic downloaded from somewhere else. Yeah. And when we checked it, and we're like, dude, why do you have to do this? I mean, we just asked you to make your own, you know, take some ownership, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's always, there's always going to be issues like this, which is the reason why, you know, sometimes draft mode can be fun. And, you know, I, I, as long as people take in the spirit that's meant to be yeah. fun, have fun. Don't, don't be offended if somebody downloads a tactic from somewhere else or if, uh, you know, you lose by 6-0 in your opening game or whatever and don't throw a fit. Have fun at the end of the day. Life is short. 100%. And we've seen, we've seen, obviously, in the drafts we've had in the past where, you know, someone's performing well and you see that tactic and it's that um, 4-1-2-1-2 that Zealand did with the two advanced forwards, deep line playmaker at CDM, uh, the two mm-hmm. wingers on the side and it's like, that 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 tactic is the most prominent tactic now in FM twenty one. Or which one. tactic is that? It was I think it was Zealand's gold gold machine tactic. It was there was two advanced forwards, um, mm-hmm. a I think it was a shadow striker and attacking midfielder, deep lying playmaker at um, CDM, and two wingers, mm-hmm. and it was just guaranteed goals sort of thing. Okay, and there was right. an influx of that in 
Um, we had a lot of people doing the strikerless tactics before the winter update came out. Where mm-hmm. you know the the ones that were all over sort of you know FM Scout the, on the download. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, and you're looking at that sort of thing, and it's like, come on, man, just, <laughs> I mean, just, just make your own. It's not that, it's not that big of a deal, you know, getting this sort of one and that. And I guess it's hard to stamp that out, but it's also hard to say you're not allowed to use that tactic because they're they, they might have made that tactic, might just. No, at the end of the day, similar. yeah, that's the thing, right? Because at the end of the day, um, you gotta enjoy it for this for what it's meant to be. I mean, like you know, the game doesn't have a condition in there's no condition in the game that says you can't restart the save for example mm. right you can't um download a tactic there's nothing in the there's no rules to this game yeah. so if you've paid oh i don't know how much the game costs in different parts of the world say you paid 10 bucks for this game then you have a right to play it any way you choose and if you want to take part in a drama competition downloading one of my tactics against me which has happened before <laughs> then yeah, enjoy yourself. I've had this happen to me in one of a draft mode match. I played against a guy and he beat me with my own tactic. So I was like, I was looking at the tactic. This tactic looks familiar. Said, yeah, I know. It's your money's revenge. <laughs> I just got beaten by my own system. Yeah, it's your money's revenge. I used your own tactic against you. I'm like, shit, man. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I technically you won. <laughs> no, but it, yeah, but, but the thing is, at the end of the day, you see, you can download someone's tactic, right? Yeah. But you still need to find the players for it. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, in draft mode, right? The, I've noticed the best players are the ones that can adapt. Yeah. The ones that struggle are the ones who had that one tactic. And that was it. They go like, what will I do? What do I do? What do I do? I don't know what to do. Because now, you've got another player who's going, oh, I've started the match with a 4 4 2 But I see he's not using a DM. All right, we'll go four two three one and suffocate his defense, and then the guy can't come out and play anymore, mm. right? So yeah, it's the guys who adapt, and I've noticed that in the FM draft playoffs as well. The guys who actually are better at adapting are the ones that do well, or the ones who got all eleven perfect players in their team yeah. for that tactic that they are planning to use. Yeah. Nah, it's good. I I always take the tactic of trying to get versatile players that can fit into two or three different tactics that I can throw out. So I try and I try and have players that can play in that four two four system. But if mm-hmm. I want to play a you know, I don't know a four three three. What's your favorite? What's your favorite formation? My favorite tactic I've ever had is the four two four because mm-hmm. um I would I would get my target man this mm-hmm. year Paul Anuachu six foot seven. <laughs> And he'd just absolutely dominate. He'd be knocking it into the striker, who preferably has got 16, 17 pace. Don't really care about anything else. Smacking it just in. like me. Off the corners. <laughs> just quality. <laughs> okay. So you play a 4 2 4. What other formations do you, would you, I mean, okay, let's, okay, I'm, now I'm interviewing you, okay? Go on, go on. You've got this draft mode match coming up. What is your plan? What is your tactical system that you're going to be using? I start on the 4 2 4 keep that in there um and um play that on a positive um mm-hmm. just tall players all around mm-hmm. make the use out of the set pieces um mm-hmm. if i'm on the defensive i have this sort of formation where it's a five at the back formation it looks mm-hmm. like a crossbow um mm-hmm. with an advanced forward and a shadow striker who can cross because the mm-hmm. shadow striker tends to just run wherever he wants Ianes Hagji or Emi Buendia, absolutely mm. great for it because they'll run to the side, 
low early cross into the advanced forward takes a goal in there i do quite like that tactic and then i've also got just a normal 4-3-3 with an attacking midfielder which before the podcast started was the one that is really really good offline like you know unbeaten seasons with rome uh mm-hmm. with the roma in the in the second season that i'm with them in seria and with the in the french league but i take that to a draft and it just doesn't work for me at all i think the most underutilized formation for me i think the ones that pe- most people avoid is the 433 dm because somehow or another it doesn't seem to do nearly as well in draft modes because the moment it meets things like the 424 it struggles yeah yeah yeah, I personally, I have a similar setup as well. I have a 424, and I was, the reason why I asked you this question was because I was softly laughing to myself. I have a target. I'm looking at my 424 as we talk. Yeah. It's got a target man and an advance forward. Awesome. And it can also morph into an F9 with an advance forward. So I love my 424, but I have a 424 that can play as a 442, mm. and a 424 that can be morphed easily into a 4231. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, and then if you can play a four-two-three-one, you can definitely play a four-three-three, right? Yeah. Because you then have then you have to just drop that that AMC into a another position. So yeah, uh, when I go into draft modes, it's more like um, watching what the other party is playing, and then taking a calculated gamble that your system can put in because that's draft mode. It's more like you can't let the other person play. No, exactly. You have to be you have to be reactive in draft mode. If you're if you're doing things on the front foot, um, if you're against someone who's obviously good at what they're doing, then they'll just counter it straight away. I think you need to constantly be countering. But what thing about the thing about um, my last game was against Katrina, right? I was so impressed with Katrina. Right? She's, good. She's new to streaming, and she was uh, taking part in this draft mode competition. So I had just beaten um, McKins, right? So. And I lost to Limo. And I think it was my next match was against uh, Katrina. And um, I started the game and I was flabbergasted because this is the first time I've seen anyone on a draft board play with a five at the back at the start of a game. Mm. She had five at the back, flat five. Right? And she had like uh, three midfielders and she had five, no, five, two midfielders two wide AMs. Uh, so you got one winger, one winger and a lone striker. So he played with a deep five at the back. So she was sitting back and this was the first time I played against anybody who sat back. Hmm. And it became very annoying because um, the more I attacked her, the more I left myself open and she scored goals on the counter and it became, and it became a downhill experience for me from there, from there for me. So, it's very interesting because there are so many different play styles. So like, that's the reason why I was asking you and you said you go on the front foot, right? Yeah. So I also go on the front foot. And then we have Katrina who sits back and lets us play on the front foot and then scores the goal and smiles after that. So yeah. this is the thing I like about draft mode. If you find the right players, it's a case of, uh, you know, man, I was impressed, man, with her. That's all I can say. I was just, she, I slapped she, sideways so many times. She was she was in our sex season two of wasted possession drafts, and if it wasn't for the fact that she started having a few drinks towards the end, I think she would have mm-hmm. been the first person to win every single game. Because we have we have our competition runs. We have four groups of four that play one week after each other. 
Mm -hmm. top two from that qualify for the finals which is played two weeks after the last ball play so it's kind of like mm -hmm. the champions league in that regard so everyone plays each other twice you play six games and then you make the finals if you're in the top two she was the closest person to winning all six games that i've seen that that we'd had for a while no one's won all, all of them yet she lost the last game but she was she didn't care at that point she'd already qualified but oh, i like, have to take part in the recent possession draft man, man sounds like fun you're, you're welcome obviously the finals um on well today technically for me being a 4 30 <laughs> uh, in the morning <laughs> but um yeah like season four will pro probably be out around about august time i'm sure i'm sure i'll be able to get an invite your way um, um but yeah we because obviously yeah i will we will i mean we, that's going to be four weeks and then the final so you just need to be free for the finals and one of the four weeks and it's doable I first have to convince my wife. That's the tricky bit because uh, it does take, it all depends on it. This is one of the reasons why collaborations with me is so difficult because of the hours. It depends on the timing. There's one of the reasons why it was easy for me to say yes to the FM playoffs because it happens at 7 p.m. for me, mm. which is okay. All right. The other, there was another FM playoff. There was another draft ball competition that I was invited to and they started at 4 a.m. for me. And I went like, guys, I can't do 4 a.m. Like, you know, seriously, I probably fall asleep in the draft itself. No. Nah. Well, we, we, we tend to start around 7 p.m. UK time, which will probably be quite late for you, actually, because you're seven hours ahead. 4, 4 a.m. in the morning. And then it, they'll finish at 10, 10.30. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah it'll, be <laughs> it'll be tough. It'll be tough. Which days is it anyway? I mean, I, I, we'll talk about this after the show. This sounds like, a you know, yeah, that will, going yeah. to the podcast itself. Nah, nah, it's, it's fine, man. We're talk, talking about anything. It's they, they, We run on a Friday. We run on a Friday. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if that will change going forward, to be honest, with lockdown not being a thing anymore, but I think I think it'll probably still be held on Fridays. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll manage. I, I, I think I can... I can... Um, I'll have to convince my wife with a bribe or two and the kids with a bribe or two, but I think it's doable. I'll find some way to do this nah, well, there's a world because there's a it's way. addictive. It's so addictive. My yeah. goodness. And I had so much fun the last time. So it's, I'm looking forward to it. A hundred percent. And it's like, there, there's so many people who get in and involved and stuff. And you know, the, the people that I've, you know, spoke to made real connections and relationships with off the back of it, being part of the team that obviously sets up and is on the commentary and is communicating, you know, like there's at least 30, 40 people that I've talked to now that I, would not have spoke to if it wasn't for you know the these drafts i don't know when when we officially really started from like february january time was when we first started doing them so now nah, it's it really good to get involved in especially from mm -hmm. getting familiar with the community the community of course so tight -knit. Yeah, the community is growing and this is helping yeah and i feel like this is this is it now i feel like there's some people coming up right now that are really going to help propel the football manager content going into the future in terms mm -hmm. of if, if, if obviously the draft modes improve and there's more people consuming football manager, you know, gaming content, if, if, if that this, if it carries on the way it's going, you know, you've got people up and coming, you know, speaking from people who've been winning in the, in the ways of possession space, like McKins, Cy Maggio, um, Goofy Joe, to name, to name just three off the top of my head, these guys who are becoming prominent in the community. As soon as that snap happens and it just trajects, if and when that happens, when SI decide to sort of fix what we've the, the bugs that we've got, 
then I think it could be very exciting to see where this community could be in a couple months' time. Couple yeah, exactly. Time. I can't wait. I definitely can't wait. Nah, sounds good. Sounds good. Well, I mean, I'm 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 all out of questions. So sort of thing, you know, you've you've you, we've gone down the list. I don't know if there's anything that you particularly want to cover or have any any thoughts on. No, I think we've, we've gone down a rabbit hole. And oh, yeah. we've spent quite a fair bit of time in that rabbit hole. So I'm fine. Um I think I've enjoyed what's happened in the community. Um the community has gone uh, grown a lot. And I think the fact that we keep everybody keeps like mental health at the forefront. I hope they keep doing that. And um and we support each other as we continue this journey and not ignore the fact that occasionally someone out there might need a helping hand and we should try our best to help them out. Yeah. 100%. That's some really good. That's some really good resources on FM. And again, with the podcast sponsor, Evolving Mindset, which is some of the, um, Limo is a, is a uh, director in his, his sort of company and um, helping with mental health. I think there's things like that in the community that are just really good. I don't, I think, that sort of togetherness and tightness is something that just isn't really present in a lot of other mm -hmm. communities. And I yeah, think, it is true. I think it's down to the game, you know. There's not many games where the person who creates the content and the person who consumes the content have that much discussion because of the way FM is, you know. 40% mm -hmm. of the time you're streaming, you're going to be just clicking between games. So you need mm -hmm. to fill that time up and have that dialogue. So it is really good um in that in that regard but but yeah I'll, i won't i won't take up too much more of your time you know we've gone we've gone on we've gone on for a little bit i again thank you very much for for coming on making the appearance really appreciate it all your links and stuff um will be in the description below so yeah man i think uh much appreciate coming on Dalja. i really appreciate it thank you very much for having me on ali i completely enjoyed myself and i hope you did too Oh, I, I love doing this stuff. I'm I'm quite a talkative guy, so this this really, really does suit me quite well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys again for watching. And again, special thank you to Bustanet for making the appearance on. And um, yeah, hopefully by the time this comes out, season three will be finished for the Weighted Possession Drafts. Roll on season four. We might even see this guy in there. Who knows if he gets permission uh to to come in first but um yeah much appreciated again and thank you everybody for watching i'll see you later okay you take care and have a good day see bye bye you,